0: Howard from the Podomo Cigar Studios on the Black Stage in Indian Trail, North Carolina, and Boris Casting from the Druid State Studios in California. It's episode 268 of the Primetime Show. Tonight, we welcome back Gusto Aroa of JRE Tobacco Company as our special guest. And as always, the Primetime Show is sponsored by Saga Cigars. De Los Race introduced another chapter of the saga, the saga Solez. Solez is a Spanish word that means leisure after work in the spirit of the standing ideal of owning your own journey and making your own Saga. Saga Soles is the perfect companion to enrich those moments of choice, making them truly yours. Saga Soles carries a blend of Cuyola Olor, and Piloto Cubano wrapped in a selected Ecuador Shea Clara wrapper that generously delivers with elegance a surprisingly rich and balanced smoke. It's available in three sizes at an affordable price. Be sure to ask your retailer for Saga Soles. And by Perdomo Cigars, awarded Nicaraguan Cigar of the Year in 2014 by Cigar Journal. The Perdomo 20th anniversary brand has consistently earned the highest scores in the industry and is a top seller in humidors around the world. The Perdomo 20th anniversary blend requires tobacco that has been carefully hand-selected and a well-aged for a minimum of eight years. The Perdomo 20th anniversary offers in three distinct wrappers a smooth, creamy Ecuadorian Connecticut, a rich, earthy Cuban seed Nicaraguan sun-grown, and a dark, oily Cuban seed Nicaragua Maduro. Combining these beautifully bourbon barrel-aged wrappers with the high-priming binder and filler tobaccos gives each blend a balanced complexity with layers of rich flavors and smooth, elegant aromas. Perdomo Cigar is a family-owned and operated company it's headquartered in Miami, Florida, with manufacturing and agricultural facilities in Esteli, Nicaragua. Perdomo's highly acclaimed cigar brands include the Perdomo Double H 12-Year Vintage, Perdomo 20th Anniversary, Perdomo Reserve 10th Anniversary line, Perdomo Abano Bourbon Barrelies, Perdomo A23, Perdomo Mensa 70, and many more. For great tasting notes and pairing information, check out the Perdomo website at www.perdomocigars.com. want to mention Cavalier of Geneva Cigars. Cavalier Cigars, smoke gold and stay gold. Join the inner circle. Follow Cavalier Cigars on their Instagram page at Cavalier underscore cigars. And on Facebook at Cavalier Geneva Cigars. That's Geneva, G-E-N-E-V-E. Visit your local tobacconist and join the movement that is Cavalier Cigars. They're consistently regarded by cigar lovers everywhere highly, as well as high ratings from the cigar industry press. Again, follow them on Instagram at Cavalier Underscore Cigars because they do some very unique giveaways throughout the whole year. Cavalier Skulls, Smoke Gold and Stay Gold. And of course, by JRE Tobacco, the authentic Corojo leaf is one of the most robust and flavorful tobacco leaves out there. During the golden age of Scudscore, leaf of Cuba, a choice to make some of the world's greatest cigars. Of course, this is one of the most challenging ones to cultivate. It fell out of favor by the 1990s. In the Tron Valley in Honduras, Julio Aroa took on the challenge of growing Corojo from the original seeds. And in 2000, he successfully reintroduced authentic Corojo back to the market. With over 50 years' experience in the tobacco business, from growing and curing tobacco to cigar production, the JRE Tobacco Farm has been able to continue to deliver products to market with authentic Corojo. Now with JRE Tobacco, Julio Huso brought their very own brands to market, and each contain that authentic cut leaf. Aladino is available in a wide variety of blends, including the latest release, the Aladino Candela, and each represent the Golden Age of cigars from 1947 to 1961. They're available at your local retailer. Be sure to ask for JRE Tobacco, a legacy that is tasted in every drawer. Well, welcome, everybody. This is Primetime, episode 268. Today is Thursday, May 18th. 2023 will cooper. I'm in the Perdomo Scar Studios on the black stage, and I'm joined uh in the Drew State Studios by the one and only Mr. Aaron Loomis. How
1: are you doing tonight, Will?
0: I'm doing really good, right? Um, the Phillies aren't playing tonight, so I'm, I'm happy because uh, <laughs> <laughs> can't lose, can't lose tonight. <laughs> I can't lose tonight. <laughs> uh, the sixes, uh, yeah, the sixes are, are out, so they can't put me in yeah. misery anymore. So I'm, I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm okay, I yeah. can uh, <laughs> I could. uh, yeah. You know, it's kind of funny. I was, it's funny. One of my coworkers, right? We had Jason on last week, who's a big yeah. Florida State guy, right? And there's one of my coworkers is a cigar guy, and he's just now like was over the moon about Jason going to Florida State. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, it was kind of funny just hearing. He was telling me, he's like, he's like yeah, this guy's a. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna buy his cigars now. I said, well, we got we got a lot of good guys on. Yeah, you know yeah, I mean? exactly. So, yeah, so like the one we have tonight here. So Aaron, I'm gonna uh, we'll have some more chat, but let's bring yeah. on our special guest tonight. Um a longtime friend of the show. Um, I mean, he's been with Cigar Coop, he's been with the show before there was even a primetime show. He's the one and only Husto Oroa of the JRE Tobacco Company. Husto, welcome back to Primetime.
2: Oh, thank you so much, Aaron and, and Will. I really appreciate you having me on, uh, mm-hmm. on on the show tonight. And if I do apologize ahead of time because I'm a little bit uh bad with the voice, I've been having kind of like a cold or something, so I'm not feeling well lately, but I appreciate you guys having me on.
0: We so. we should appreciate you coming on. So I know, uh, you, you know, you're you more than willing to step in tonight. And um, so we, we are going to make sure we cover your, your, you and get you to bed at an hour. So you're not going to have to worry about that. Well, I
2: appreciate that. Thank you.
0: No, no problem at all. Um, you know, it's, it's who Um it's true. Cause you've been supporting this show before we even had this show. And, it's seven years because I re- I remember the time on my previous show when we interviewed you, it was the night the FDA regulations like had been announced. And you you came on for the first time that night. And it was kind of a weird, it was just kind of a weird vibe. I remember not because of you, but because of the whole FDA thing. No one no one knew if, what what was to come. I don't know if you remember that.
2: Yes, I do remember that very well. And I always told you that was like my first time ever on, <clears throat> on a podcast. So for me it was kind of also uh Pretty, 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 pretty strange. I have never done a podcast before. Now it's gotten
0: a little bit better, I guess. You were nervous. You were so nervous. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. I remember that. I'm like, he's nervous. I'm like, this is like, who's so wrong? We're talking to here, sort of. Yeah. Uh, but no, uh, you did great. And now I, I see you're a pro at these right now.
2: Well, not, not that I'm a pro, but you know, you get more used to it. Yeah, you, you know, pro yeah. is what like you guys are. You know, Aaron and and you are
0: pros. So I'm not a pro. <laughs> uh, you do, you do really, you do really good right now. Um. And like I said, now you've been at this, it's, you know, because uh, you had just launched the company when we, ha- I, when you had, when you came on the company, literally, I think it just launched in a, f- a few weeks when we had you on. Not
2: only that, we didn't even have Aladino yet. So was uh, no. came out until a year later. So basically, uh, uh, like you said, uh, in, we didn't get Aladino until about 2016. So we're on our, actually our seventh year right now.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a it's a I remember that, too, because I remember we actually had some pre-releases of the Aladino we smoked that night. And, uh, yeah, it turned out to be, you know, we were very uh, we we're wild by it that night. So uh, and now here we are seven years later and uh, you've grown a very nice portfolio over, over the past seven years. You have you, I always say there's really something for everybody in that portfolio right now.
2: And that's what we're very very happy about. And people always ask you, what are you coming out next? What are you coming out next? I think uh, as as, as, a, as a small company that we are, I think we give so much in a portfolio uh, of, of you know different wrappers and different flavors. And and I think uh, it, we, we're very content what, where we stand right now. And I mean, we just need the opportunity to get into. Even more, more, more stores and more humidors, and that's that's what we're growing on. So I think you know we have a, a, a nice portfolio for everybody, like you said.
0: And I remember when we had our initial conversation, and you were very specific on that JRE. It's not just J. It's not Jerry Cigar Company. It's JRE Tobacco Company, um, because that is really the whole legacy and the story of what you and your father are bringing to the table here.
2: Oh, that is correct. So, like I said, you know, first of all, we're we're growers, and 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 we 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 basically come out with our with, with our tobacco crops and our different uh, varieties of tobacco, and then we produce cigars, and 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 we try to make the best cigars that we can with with the raw materials and 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 everything that we integrate into our into our production. So that's basically who we are. We're completely vertical integrated, and probably one of the oldest in the industry.
0: Oh, oh, it's yeah. I mean, and and you know, obviously, when I visited down there, and I, you guys are definitely farmers first. I saw, I saw that firsthand with that. Um, how you guys had that operation there, and uh, it's it's an amazing farming operation, that's for sure.
2: Yeah, and, and like I said, I, I mean, we focus on that, and now like you've seen that we have specialized in other crops, and 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 we're being very successful. For example, you're smoking that Cameroon, which I think is is, is one of the go-to yeah. guys, one of the go-to cigars all the time. And we're extremely happy with with, with the performance and, and the outcome of, 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 of basically being able to to cultivate with success the Cameroon.
0: This is an original release. This is from the original batch. I think that came out. By the way, I, this is from uh, when I first got. Look,
2: look at that ash; it's beautiful.
0: Yeah, yeah. I feel bad. I'm the only one probably smoking of you Three tonight. But uh, Aaron even likes this. By the way, Aaron even. I, likes
1: I really this. enjoy that cigar.
0: Yeah, yes. that's a that's a rarity. Oh.
2: <laughs> Well, I had a couple guys at the farm this year, uh, which you guys you have to come down there. And, and one, yeah, of, love it, to. Uh, one of the things that we're saying, Oh, I never liked, uh, you know, I never smoked Cameroon. So I give a guy with a, from California a retailer and started smoking the cigars and they have any bands and, Oh, I love the cigar. Yeah. Uh, Cameroon. So <laughs> so, we're, so now he's a believer, you know, it's, yeah. it's, 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 the way you blend. I mean, you know, the, the wrapper uh, gives a lot of opportunity. It gives you a lot of the, the flavor profile, but if you have a, proper binder and filler will also help that blend you know come 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 to uh, you know to to a fruitful to a fruitful tasteful cigar
0: yeah yeah i mean in this this your dad has released cameroon stuff before right but this is the first time he did it with stuff from his farm right
2: correct we had the i think it was the havano i mean the camacho select back then yep yeah if you look at if you look at our presentations there are 24 box counts Right, you know, trying to 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 continue that that you know the the, the legacy or or the the predicate uh, sizes and, and and box that we did with the FDA yeah. in the Camacho days exactly the same blend. I think now I think the Cameroon is just a little bit more flavorful and a little bit way way prettier than what we had before.
0: Yeah, I'm smoking Aaron. This is, you like the Lonsdale, right? Yes. Yeah, this is the Lonsdale, and this is just uh, what a sweetness you get off this. If you like that sweetness off the Cameroon, yeah. it is just right there.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: yeah yeah but i mean you guys uh you guys have got to be very happy with this because this was a big success for you guys i believe you know oh
2: actually uh, i would say everything every single one of our lines is is doing extremely extremely well and uh and and i know you like lanceros and i think we're probably one of the most dominant companies today Uh you know making lanceros you know Mm -hmm. it's just it's just, it's just we're slowly getting to that point that, you know, we 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 want to be known for the lanceros, we want to be known for the variety. We know we got the Cameroon, we got the San Andres wrapper, we got the Corojo, we got the Reserva. So we have everything for everyone.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, you do. And you recently uh, have come out with a limited candela. Like so you kind of slowly rolled out that candela, correct? Yeah.
2: Yes. Uh, one of the things is uh, a lot of people are extremely, uh, you know, we, I was worried about the candela. My dad is, is, you know, as you know, back in the in, in the 80s, and uh, we were probably the largest candela grower in the world, growing over 1,200 acres of tobacco. And uh, uh, it, it, it's a crop that he basically dominates, and the one that created the, the candela rava was Tino Agulín, which is one of my dad's mentors that, that started the operations in Honduras. Uh, before they w- went to Nicaragua, and and I knew that uh, Saint Patrick's was coming in on March, and I had taken down the uh, the farm the farm tr- the farm stores, I mean the, the retailers that go to the the farm, and I was I actually made only like four hundred and forty boxes, and I distributed those four hundred and forty boxes in thirty three stores. They they were sold out within uh, probably with 10 to two to, within two to three yeah. weeks after we received them. Everything was sold out. And the feedback was very good. So, and I know the other people weren't. Uh, <clears throat> a lot of other retailers were kind of a, you know, upset that they, they didn't get it. But one of the things we try to do is to have a successful launch, and that's what we do with soft launches. And uh, I think as of next year, I think we're probably going to increase it and release it to everybody because we just wanted to see how the feedback was. As, so far, the feedback has been phenomenal.
0: I I remember you gave me when I was down in the office last year. You were a little nervous. I remember you were a little nervous about this release. You like you know you wanted it to be right. I think your dad was the one who wanted to release it, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah.
2: he was. He was pushing. Oh, let's let's start doing right. Yeah. <laughs> let's do it slowly. Let's let's get it rolling. And and because you know a lot of people are very hesitant about you know about the uh, about the taste of the Candela, but I think we we have it right. And plus, like I said, our, our, our blend is completely phenomenal. I think. You know our, our our corojo fillers and binders completely overwhelm the candela, so you get a very tasteful cigar and very yep. very smooth. You're not going to have that aftertaste, that that herbal aftertaste. So it, it's been it's been a, a, a it's, we're, we're extremely happy with with, with the with, with
0: the feedback. Yep, but as of now, it's still a limited release. It's not available to everybody. It's to those people who've gone on the farm trips. Oh
2: well, it, it, it was done, so I don't think if you, if you guys are able to get it somewhere. I mean, I think there might be one or two stores that bought like sixty boxes each. They might have one. I think is uh, uh, the Vault in 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 Austin, Texas, and and also okay. uh, the La Wasso store in 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 Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and and in, in, in Greensburg, Pennsylvania. Yep. I don't know if they have any left because I know uh, they they went through a lot of them and and people have been ordering them through throughout the different uh, places. So I don't know if there's any 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 Candelas left.
0: Yeah, the um, uh, I I think we got I got mine from uh, Blue Smoke Dallas. Okay, okay.
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. Blue J orders.
0: Yeah,
2: They all have been very supportive. As soon as the product came out, you know, they were a little bit hesitant, but you know, the response has been really, really, really. really really, really positive.
0: Do, do you, with a Candela, right, do you see that as a once a year release every year or, do, or something that would be available year round when you when you expand that distribution?
2: Well, I think as of next year, hopefully uh, since my production is going to probably go, I'm, I'm going to probably uh, start in late last last quarter of the year, I'm going to start uh, getting orders and we'll be sending out emails so we can start producing, so we can ship out and get it ready for St. Patrick. But I think it. You know, if we're able to successfully have a continuous Candela line and people enjoy it, remember, it was the most dominant rapper uh, uh, back 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 in the days, uh, even more than Connecticut. So I would say if we're able to revive that and, and, you know, the way we're doing it, I think we'll be able to do it very successfully because, you know, we, the way we're blending it, it's going to be a very smooth, creamy cigar and it's going to have a lot of personality to it. So I think it's, it's, it's just if you have the right tobaccos to blend it, I think it's going to work. So uh, not sure if it's going to be available full time, but, um, you know, but my 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 objective is to increase the, 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 the availability for next year, in, 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 you know, in, in a significant way.
0: Sure. No, I mean, it, your dad's associated with that, you know, rapper, too. I mean, it's for so long, so uh, I can see it, you know, as well, why, he, you know, both of you guys want that out there.
2: Yeah, yeah, he does. He really enjoys it. He, you know, he's he's an innovator, and like I said, we we'll always keep innovation uh, as part of our as part of our portfolio. But you know, we want to do it very smartly.
0: Yeah no, is there is
1: there a potential for an elegante in the uh, candela?
2: Yeah, uh, you know the yes for just for fun. I think I could probably do a, a couple hundred boxes of elegante for those who are uh, okay. last arrow fanatics. Yeah.
0: Okay. <laughs> that yeah you've done well with the elegante sizes and all the yes. lines. Yeah. Yeah. I, the, the one that really caught, I think Aaron and I off guard, and I know I'm not speaking out of turn Aaron on this mm-hmm. was the vintage. Yes. Like we, the vintage just really popped in the Lancero. I mean, it was definitely by far, it was the best size in my opinion of that.
2: I completely, I would completely agree with you. That cigar is, is just such a combination. Uh, you know, when you, when you blend two, uh, magnificent, uh, you know, uh, uh, tobacco, so the Corojo and the Habano, it just pops. I'm telling you, it, it's one yeah. of the most flavorful cigars. That's for me. I, that's it, it, believe it or not. I mean, it's that all of them are really, really, really good. It depends the the mood of the day right. That you So you know, maybe if it's late afternoon, the Lancero Vintage is going to do me a little bit better. But if it's yeah. early, in, in, you know, in the morning, I might do I might do the, the, the how do you call it the the, the Cameroon or the regular Corojo. They're all they're all really, really, really well rounded off. they you know yeah. even, even the Maduro is is it sells extremely
0: well. Yeah, the uh like I said, that's that's a rounded one in the Maduro. So it's pretty cool to smoke, <laughs> fun to smoke that.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm, excuse me.
0: But you have a, there's a size that's in the portfolio Justo. Um I don't know if there's any more backstory. It's that Queen's Perfecto size, which I really like that size. Cause it's a smaller perfecto and it gives you like, it gives you all the fun of a perfecto and it's not a huge smoke. Is there any backstory with that size related to your dad on, on that?
2: Absolutely. Uh, the Queens, the Queens Vitola was the, the best selling Vitola that he had when he bought Perfecto Garcia. So the Perfecto had the Queens uh, Vitola. It was the most sold uh, uh, Vitola that he had in the factory. So for him, he says, I like the Queens. I actually had those molds made specially by by them. And I also made a Perfecto in, in Agordo, which I haven't released yet. So that might be something that I could have uh, fun with in the future. So that's oh, wow. that's a hidden size that I have there that I can probably do something, you know, like a special, yeah. special release or something like that.
0: Yeah, no, it's, a, it's like I said. it's a, you you did it in. I know it's in the Connecticut and the Cameroon, both the yeah. It's actually a
2: it's actually a forty six by five yep. and a quarter. It yep. actually fits perfectly in the in, in the robusto box. It's kind of like a like a like a thinner robusto. It's just a wonderful size. That, and that's what I love about really, that site. Yeah, people really like that. I think in both in the Connecticut and the Cameroon, their their is very solid to tell us. it's very smokable. They're yep. around seven dollars each, so it's it's a very very affordable it's so a very very accessible uh, lineup that I that I have in, 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 in with the
0: with the queens nice nice um you know there's a uh, we mentioned you know obviously the brand you have a lot going on with the brand um I know from talking to you and and For over the years you know the the farm and the tobacco that that's a lot that's obviously the, the life part and i think in the last couple of years you guys have really started to step out of not just making jre cigars but now you've been partnering with some key with some key partners out here um i think the one i definitely would like to talk about uh you and i talked a little about it this afternoon so the punch i mean that's a huge project that you guys took on this year
2: uh, well, we're, we're very happy. We also, uh, you know, the first project that we actually leaned on was uh, 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 the one that we did with, uh, with the Oliva. Sisters. Oh, Oliva uh, we'll too. I
0: forgot about that one too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I I get, yeah.
2: was Our first project. Yeah. And uh, you know, my dad had a very close relationship with Rolando Reyes, is one of his best yep. friends. Uh, he used to go and drink rum with him almost yep. every <laughs> Friday and he would cook uh, arroz con pollo and said he would make two or three different Types of uh, arroz con pollo for them. and they were they, they were they were really close friends. And then we also had the opportunity uh, uh, to work with with Punch. I was I, I met with yes. their with their team. They decided on a blend, and, and for us, it's, it's very important because you know it, it gives us the opportunity to showcase you know the, the tobaccos that we have, our capability of manufacturing, and actually start growing. You know now the the operation of, 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 of manufacturing cigars. And also guaranteeing, you know, a good quality, uh, you know, to to the brands that we that we team up with. So for us, it's very important. And you know, they're they're, they're brands that I think uh, bring a lot of prestige uh, to to our to, to 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 teaming up with them.
0: And and there's a historical tie with both of them to Honduras, you know, uh, you know, the Cuba Aliados, Obviously, that that's a that's. Um, you know, that was made in Honduras many years ago. And of course, Punch is a brand known where they do the majority of that production out of Honduras. So, I mean, there's a, there's a key story as far as that goes.
2: Absolutely. And like I said, they're, they're, they're wonderful companies to work with. Those guys, those guys are, you know, very focused and they they really, uh, it's really a joy. And my dad is very excited to, to contribute to, 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 to the, to the legacy of those brands.
0: Yeah. Justin, I talked to Justin a lot and he he had told he didn't tell me anything, just so you know, because he, he didn't tell me anything. But he did tell me he visited the farm. He was like and he's raving about the farm. He's like, he, and I told him I was there too. So um I said, Well, what are you doing down there? And he's like, you know, he doesn't answer me at that point. So it's,
2: well, uh, you know, I had everybody at the factory. We were manufacturing the cigars and we had all the packaging and everything there when all the all the retailers were, and nobody knew that I was making the, the cigars for them. So we keep that, you know, yeah. Yeah. So it was it, it was good. So when, you know, when it came out, I said, hey, what were you doing? Well, you guys were there and you must have tried the cigars, but <laughs> but I never told you what they were. Right. So we that now that it's out in the open, you know, it's, it's you know, it's, we feel very proud of, yeah. of, of all the feedback that is, is happening on both brands. So so both right. brands are doing really, really well. So, uh, yeah. I, you know, I'm super happy.
0: And as far as the factory goes, that's probably expanded the amount of capacity you've needed in that factory.
2: Oh, um, oh absolutely! I think, our, you know, since you saw us the first time, you know, we, we're probably and when you saw us, we were probably around fifteen hundred cigars. Now we're, yep. we're our, our goal is to probably get to fifteen thousand, twenty thousand cigars.
0: Right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you were making, uh, you know, Al- Aladino Tadascan, Rancho Lunas, and you just started with, like, literally just started with Aladino.
2: Yeah, basically. Um, we're- Starting with, we probably had what five pairs, not <laughs> something right. like
0: that, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. uh, uh, you know, these lines that you've taken on for uh, for Oliva and for uh, punch these right. are regular production lines, so they're not like one and done limited. You guys are doing here, so there's an ongoing production. Well,
2: line. there is, there's going to be a, a limitation on what we could, where We where sure, one sure. Of things, one of the things that we do want to uh, also uh, uh, stress is that you know even though it's going to be regular production, uh, you know, we want to keep it so that we always keep consistency and quality. Right. It, it's very important. Right. I think we building a brand is very important to 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 keep that parameter of quality and consistency you know at, at, at best. So I think you know we're we're completely aligned with both companies in in, in the vision that you know we want to build something that is, is durable.
0: Yeah. What, how did these how did these projects come about Was it did you guys go to them and pitch something Did they come to you and pitch something How did they both come about I'm kind of curious on that.
2: Well, we 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 have good relationships with 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 both companies. I mean, uh, we we have uh, sold raw materials to 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 Oliva, and uh, you know they're 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 very aggressive in their growth pattern. They they actually uh, had the opportunity. We have uh, made a good friendship with them and then with Justin we also have good friendship with him uh you know he's he's always been uh, yeah. somebody who always liked our tobacco he's always been a great supporter of He's always uh, introducing me to uh, uh people about about you know that you know uh, to so i can meet retailers and stuff like that so he's always been you know very very friendly and a good friend uh supporting us and the opportunity uh presented it to speak with you know chris uh, and tar and and and, and develop a project, so it, it was. It, you know, it's it's been slowly meeting the people in the industry and and and, and getting to know. You know that that we have that uh, the, the tobacco, the the capability, and, and and most important, the 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 ability and 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 the right materials to to, to make a, a a brand have a, a, a noticeable change.
0: Yep, yep. Uh, like I said, I think uh, you know again that packaging on the punch is re- really really. Uh...
2: Well, the packaging is absolutely beautiful. They yeah. did a fantastic job. They yeah. did
0: a good job on that. Yeah. They yeah. did a good I gotta I got to give it good to Justin. We, we, by the way, we we pick on Justin all the time. I'm
1: sure Justin wasn't involved in the
0: packaging. Right. It was, was somebody else. <laughs> well, I got
2: to tell, tell you, that packaging is just beautiful. Yeah. I, I got to tell them to help me build
0: some packaging
2: for myself. <laughs> uh, we, we, we're getting Ours yeah. is a lot simpler, but that, yeah. that Earth First is very outstanding.
0: Yep. Well, here's how it works if the if the cigar is really really good right it's going to be all well, your dad and you right but if the cigar is bad we're going to blame Justin so you' not gonna... uh, <laughs>
2: you know what I, 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 he's gonna he's take credit he's been he's been really supportive and now we event. get him
0: we get him a lot yeah 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 yeah, he's, we, yeah. yeah. we really do oh uh, no so you know there's some you know Aladino's really become the the workhorse brand for you right what what's the status as far as Rancho Luna and Tatascan right now? Are they, are they still? Oh, in production?
2: Tadascan, believe it or not, Tatascan is doing extremely extremely well. You know okay. there is a huge market for 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 sweet tips. Yep. So Tatascan is doing really really well really well. Uh-huh. Uh, uh um, The other thing is uh, that I am refocusing. Also, I'm probably rebranding Rancho, but Aladino has grown so much, and I also have you know the the, the other private label projects. Uh, that you know I needed to commit to, so I want to focus first on you know consolidating and right. building, building the manufacturing capability and consolidating Aladino because Aladino is also we expanded into Europe, and 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 now it's it, it's it's you know it's is it's, it's it's not becoming a challenge at all, but it is you know I need to focus on 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 on, on the brand that is it has the list resistance most and, and people are asking more for it, so uh, but but at the same time Tadascan is doing it. Extreme, extreme well. That's
0: what I do have. Yeah. Yeah. And it seems like now with, with Aladino classic, it's kind of filling a role that maybe Rancho Luna was filling at one point, as far as, you know, price point and everything goes.
2: Yes. And you know what? Uh, uh, my dad always told me that uh, old man, Patron always told him, "Julio, stick to one brand. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then, and my dad always told me that, that he used to tell him that all the time they would sit. And, you know, when, when he had the factory in Honduras, and he told Julio, just stick to one brand. And then, you know, and 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 right now, uh, as we focus on Aladino, it, it's it, it just keeps on. It just keeps, you know, the harder we work and the harder we uh, uh, work with with our, our partner retailers, you know, the, the, you, you can see the the fruits come out and 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 and, and the brand perform. So it's you know we need to focus on that
0: sure 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 and you kind of like uh, one of the other questions I just had was my next question is the internet you guys have been expanding international now your daughter's involved with uh that piece now in europe
2: yes actually she lives in uh, in london and basically we opened up the first market
0: in england uh uh, with, uh did we lose him did i lose yeah. you no i'm, I'm here exactly you here. guys hear me yeah yeah you yeah. might have lost coop i think i lost you guys Go
1: ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. We're still get okay. back in. So,
2: uh, we opened up England and uh, with Michael Orchard over there and then cigars and it's, it's, doing extremely well. Uh, then we had the opportunity to open France, Belgium, uh, and Germany. And, uh, everything seems to be going extremely, extremely smooth. And I think the profile of Aladino is actually the perfect fit for, for, for the, for all that, uh, space that that the Cubans have opened up. So basically they're, they're comparing, oh, this is this is the perfect cigar that we need to replace the Cubans with. So Aladino's actually is having a huge impact. And I think it's going to, we're going to grow in, 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 a, in a very, very dramatic way in the next uh, two to three years.
0: That's good to hear. That's good to hear. Um, so no, we, also,
2: no. we also opened up Switzerland. I forget. I don't want to get my distributor. <laughs>
0: No, that that's good to hear. You know, uh, but you're right. That's definitely there's a lot of company I'm talking to. There's opportunity right now with that. So, yeah,
2: it's 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 complicated. You know, there's there's a lot of different price structures that goes in, in the different countries. There's you know the taxes and also regulations. So it, it's you know it's just a challenge. Nothing nothing in the cigar industry is easy.
0: <laughs> no, no. Um, I know, I know. So I'm gonna, I'm definitely not going to keep you much longer because I know you know you're tired and. <laughs> but I have one more question I wanted to ask you. Um, as far as the the tobacco manufacturing uh, process regulations that are coming in for the facilities right now, wh- what are your thoughts on that? Because obviously you have a big farming operation, you have a factory. Um, this is what you guys have done, and now the FDA is proposing a lot of these regulations. How do you guys see this right now, um, wh- wh- where you guys stand?
2: Well, you know what? I think... Uh... FDA needs to figure out what they want to do. At the same time, I think and at the level of industry, we should probably also have a, a kind of a, a brainstorming of how we want to handle this because it's, it's very important to everybody be kind of standardized. Every, every, yeah. every, every industry that, especially in, in the food and beverage, which I come from that, and I have worked also on, on, on establishing the production standards in, in water beverage industry and food and food beverages. Uh, that uh, everything needs to have a standard. So I, I think, you know, in, in no way I, uh, we, we need to see what they're coming out with. I, I don't want to speculate. Uh-huh. But, you know, in, in our case, we, we, we and I'm sure that most manufacturers are going to be focusing on, you know, keeping everything tidy and cleanness and, you know, have the, you know, the proper uh, manufacturing environment. It, it, everything has to be about, you know, the facilities and how the employees are being, uh, you know, the their working conditions, So I think that's going to be very important. I have not heard that information. So for me, it's new, but, but, but if you have something, please send it over so I can look at it.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. I noticed, I noticed some, some drafts out there, but uh, yeah, it's a uh It's, uh, it's I, I, you know, it's, I asked you, yeah, cause I know you guys have certain things that you guys do already, you know, namely the, the bear, uh, the bear processes that you have in place, the, uh, you know, so I think that's a good step that you guys have.
2: Well, even during the COVID uh, uh, process, we were basically probably one of the first factories that was out running, you know, in Honduras because we had all the protocols. Yeah. So when they came to inspect us, I think we were, you know, basically we were able to run without an issue. Yeah. But you know, we've been doing this for many, many years. Yeah. But you know, a lot of the factories now are are also engaging in that. So, you know, I think the industry will adapt if there's something that is reasonable. Uh, you know, we, we never, the last thing we want to do is more control and less control, but it's hard for them to start controlling and, and imposing uh, different regulations on, on you know, uh, and, and other stuff. But I don't, I don't want I don't know exactly what, 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 what they're looking for.
0: No, no, I get it too. Yeah, I get it as well. Uh, I remember when we went to the farm and the factory, I mean, we had to be sprayed down and everything before we walked on there, the car was sprayed down. So you guys were just doing that stuff seven, eight years ago, you know, um, uh, as well. So it's I mean,
2: been, I think, yeah, it's been doing. It's been it's been it's been there for many many years. So yeah, for just it's, standard it's, procedure. So it's, yeah, it's
0: very standard procedure for you guys. Well, yeah, and it was painless too. It wasn't really a painful thing to go through. It was rather quick. It's, yeah, you no guys matter of getting
2: used to it, and you know, yeah. have your, your, your procedures and, yep. and standards being yep. followed. You know, yep. once you get used to it, is like when you you're a cadet and, and you know in, in a military school, you get up and you make your bed every day and you shine your shoes. Yep. You know, you, you get used to it.
0: Yep. Oh, uh, dad's doing good.
2: Oh, he's doing really well. He's uh, he's always very excited. All the projects that are coming on uh, online, and uh, he wants to keep on doing more projects and more projects. And I got to slow him down. So it's (laughs) me. Oh no, that's
0: good. That's good. Uh, I'll I'll ask his final question before we let you go. Is it harder to merchandise cigars or Campbell's soup? Because he did work for Campbell's soup.
2: Well, I got to tell you, uh, uh, when when you went to Campbell's soup, especially in the beverage business, we always had our, our spot. And, you know, because we, it was already a very well-established brand, yeah. you know, you have your displays, you have everything there. And when you go into a cigar store, it's much harder. You got to, you know, sometimes not all the stores have, you know, those blocks of, of of displays. So you have to go in and, you know, work the displays and ask the retail owner, hey, you give me the opportunity to, you know, to move our product or fix our shelf. So it's it's it's, it's a lot harder. You know, when, when you go to a chain store, normally they have a planogram that they use across all the all the stores and yeah. you know and here you know there's you know over three thousand stores and each one is you know it's got their own their own thing going so it's it's it's, it's yeah. a little bit tougher
0: uh, i bet i bet yeah. i would agree and i that I, I that would be how i thought about it too so yeah. all right yeah. uh Aaron, anything else for Huso before we let nope. him get some rest
1: yeah you covered that we, we should just let him go
0: yeah Huso, we're gonna let you go um not but we want to let you go but you need some rest uh so um, we will have you back for sure. Like I said, we'll have you back when we do the the the, the uh, preview for the trade show and everything. Mm-hmm. So get some rest. Thanks for everything.
2: Good night to you guys, and really appreciate it. Always enjoy being with you, Aaron. Have a good night, and you're gonna have some vacation off with of you know by yourself. <laughs> That's right. And Will, uh, great to see you. And yeah, um, thank thank you,
0: nice you again for doing you. this. We we appreciate it. Thank you so much. Yep, we'll All see right. you in July. Take care, Hoots. <laughs> thank you, Bye. That's Justo Aroa of J R E Tobacco. Um, I skipped the I skipped the cattle baron question. He wasn't feeling good tonight. And I think yep. getting him to think about a burger and everything <laughs> just wasn't gonna happen. So there, yep. there's no cattle baron question for our guest tonight. Yeah. I just wasn't gonna do that. Um now I am gonna do the uh the ties that Bind question with you.
1: Okay. okay. I, I just looked at the at the names. I already know the answer.
0: I think you know it now because I yep. dropped something in there, okay? I would have gotten
1: it anyway, though. So okay, but, you would have gotten it. To, I, yeah. you,
0: okay, Okay. let's see if you get <laughs> it. But let's see if you All get right. it, okay? So for yep. our audience, uh, this is uh, the Ties That Bind question brought to you by Tobacco Area USA, makers of iconic brands such as Monte Cristo, Romeo Julieta, H. Upman and Aging Room. Tobacco Area USA, great things are happening here. So there's three things I name. Mm-hmm. Um, the three things are um, something in common that the ties that bind them after the Springsteen song, yep. mm-hmm. and uh, for our audience, okay, I dropped a hint in the show of this, okay. You had to listen, but I think Aaron, like I said, Aaron got the same. So these are three things, and they're actually kind of a little specific to justo That's why I kind of said this. So yep. the first thing is mushroom. Yeah. The second thing is celery, mm-hmm. and the third thing is chicken.
1: So I can I can stall a little bit just so the audience can yeah take, a, take audience a couple seconds gonna, gonna to think about it and think about figure it figure out what they want.
0: Mushroom guess. mushroom yeah. celery and
2: chicken.
1: All right. Uh these are all cream soups, yep. especially ones that Campbell's offers. Yep. So yes, all um, yeah.
0: I, I actually was wondering if he would get that right, and I didn't give him the question because again, he, he yeah. I know he wasn't feeling one hundred percent tonight. So, but you know, so I kind of the yeah I had to throw it, but but yeah, it's all and and the hint I dropped in was when I mentioned the Campbell soup thing at the end, right? Yeah, so yep. so that's kind of how I did that. Did anyone get it? Because I can't see the comments right now.
1: Uh, no, I, nobody guessed yet. No comments, though.
0: So. Okay, this was really a tougher one, but yeah, what but, but we knew because of did you, so you knew this even anything without Husto, you would have known what those three were.
1: Yeah, I would have gotten those three.
0: Okay. So, all right. Um, all good. Why don't we pull up? Um, we're gonna do the Alec Bradley saying, But why don't we pull up? Um, because I, like, I'm dying to ask you this question. Uh, the Espinoza, uh, today in sports history question. I, I just okay. I have because I, I think I ha- you're yeah I haven't, get...
1: I haven't looked at it yet. But yeah, okay. go for it.
0: That's okay. I think it's not. A, it's not super hard, and yeah. uh, we'll see if you get. So, of course, this is our Espinosa this day in sports history. <laughs> Brought to you by Espinoza Cigars. Makers of Espinoza 601 and Knuckle Sandwich, award winning cigars. Smoke Espinoza, smoke Espinosa every day. So this is um of course it's baseball, right? Because we're in baseball season and this happened uh, so today we're doing birthdays. Okay. Yeah. We're doing birthdays. Both of these players are Hall of Famers. Mm-hmm. And World Series MVPs. Right. Okay. So the first one I'm going to tell you is that this is a Hall of Fame third baseman and a World Series MVP. And he turned 86 years old today.
1: I'm going to guess Brooks Robinson.
0: That is correct. All right. That is correct.
1: I think I I got the second one.
0: I think you're going to get the second one. So this is the second one. He's a Hall of Fame outfielder who won five World Series titles, including two World Series MVP, and he turned 77 today.
1: I would guess Reggie Jackson. That is correct. All right.
0: That is correct. Now, do you know that Reggie played for the Orioles for one year?
1: Yes, that was the the first year that like it was the I'm trying to remember. Did he
0: because
1: I, I just saw it in the documentary? Yeah. That was like the first year. Of him getting out of the Oakland contract, yes. And what was was it a trade or was it like a a, a, like a one year signed contract?
0: I thought it was a trade that they traded him, and then he was a free agent,
1: and then he went to the Yankees. And he went
0: to the Yankees. Got it. Um, but yeah, he played for um four teams: the A's, the
1: O's, the Angels, and the Yankees.
0: Yep. And he actually went back to the A's at the end of his career.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: How is how is Reggie looked at in um, Oakland? I mean, is he still a? Is he revered? I mean, in New York, uh, he's larger than life in a lot of ways. I
1: think he's more known as a Yankee. Um, but it's weird because, um, like, I'm not in any like in any like Oakland a- Oakland, a- Oakland A's fans circles yeah. or anything like that to yeah. really get a feel for it. But also, there's not a huge amount of like A's. Stuff in the Bay, like if you're gonna, let, you know, if you hear news about baseball in the Bay Area, it's usually about the Giants, right? Yeah. Unless the A's are moving. Yeah. So, <laughs> um I I think that the '88 team has more buzz about it than the the early '70s, even though they won three in a row, right? Right. I just think that there's a little bit more, maybe just because there's you know, the older people, it's it'd be much older people talking about the teams from the seventies than the one from late eighties. Well, so, if you,
0: if you were in your thirties watching baseball in the seventies, I mean, you're now in your eighties. So, you yeah, know, it's, exactly. it's now starting to get forgotten about. Yeah. Um, I mean, I just, when, when I saw these two birthdays, it was like, it, it was like, you know, it was a throwback to my childhood, getting baseball cards in 1976. Right. You know? Uh, so it was like, yeah, they, both of these, I mean, I actually, I, I do remember Brooks Robinson towards the very, very end of his career. Um, yeah. Reggie's interesting in New York. He is. There's people who love him, and there's people who still hate him and never consider. There's Yankee fans that don't consider him a Yankee. Uh, it's, it's yeah. It's, I mean, it's very polar. I mean, yeah,
1: because you you know at that point you're following an era of like of players that were with the team for their entire yeah. careers, right? Yeah. So yeah, I can. I can understand that. Yeah. And they like to have their greats, you know, have their entire careers there, right? You got Jeter and stuff like that. So,
0: yeah, it, it I can it, understand it, that. It it was a uh, you know, it was a big deal um to have because like I said, most yeah, Reggie was always looked upon as as a rented player. Yeah. Um Winfield was two, but Winfield spent 8 years with the Yankees, so it was a little different. Uh he spent right. oh, Reggie only spent 5 and then uh I mean the, the story is George let him walk, right? right. He, could, he probably could have re-signed him, but George let him walk and George said it was the biggest mistake he made.
1: So, yeah. So yeah, and it was just um yeah, I mean, you know, watching that documentary, um, you know, it was just I think the situation in Oakland was just bad based on kind of the, the change for the players in regarding to yep. you know want to be able to have free agency and all that stuff and um you know they, they had an amazing they had an amazing franchise going on at that point and i think if they could have kept things together they could have really had a a major dynasty
0: yeah there so i i agree um i mean the other i don't know if you've ever seen the other do- i mean this was a docu drama uh right. the bon- the bronx is burning yes really well do- i thought it was yeah. really well done
1: yeah
0: uh that's the story of the 77 yankees um, right and i thought it was they just captured the whole vibe of I mean, I was old enough to remember New York that year. They did a great job capturing the vibe of that. Uh, of that, so yeah, uh, it was enjoyable. But all right, that was our this day in sports history, sponsored by Espinosa Cigars. So let me do a couple of ads, and we will do uh, the Alec Bradley Live True segment tonight. All right, so uh, I want to mention Drew Estate, dark, bold, and unapologetic. Black and Scars Owned by Drew State is an intense journey into the uncharted, deepest, and darkest, heaviest depths of Maduro tobacco. A masterpiece collaboration between Metallica's James Hetfield and Sweet Amber Distilling's Rob Dietrich, uh, as well as Drew, as Drew State's Jonathan Drew. Uh, the old Maduro Black and Scars One by Drew State is rich and powerful, but beautifully balanced, offering tantalizing notes of leather, chocolate, and espresso that's perfect for life celebrations and times of reflection. Uh, you can find them at your local Drew Diplomat Detailer. And remember, all the live streaming for the Primetime network shows, as well as the California studios for the Thursday show sponsored by Drew Estate. And um, I want to mention Corona Cigar Company. At Corona Cigar Company, they take pride in the fact that they are cigar fanatics just like you. That's why you'll find the best selection of the rarest and finest premium cigars available anywhere in the world. Plus, they have special limited edition cigars available exclusively to Corona Cigar Company from premiums international cigar makers such as Padrono, Altadis USA, Drew Estate, and Aga Leaf. They have the best selection, the best customer service, and money saving discount cigar prices. But don't just take their word for it. Forbes magazine selected Corona Cigar Company as best of the web. Corona Cigars voted a top five internet cigar retailer by Smoke magazine. Cigar aficionado wrote Corona Cigar Company, the largest best stock cigar shops in America. You can place an order online at their website or visit one of Corona's four Central Florida cigar superstars and cigar bars and see for yourself why Corona Cigar Company is. The ultimate cigar experience. And I want to mention Cavalier cigars again. Cavalier cigars, smoke gold and stay gold. Join the inner circle. Follow Cavalier cigars on Instagram at Cavalier underscore cigars and on Facebook at Cavalier Genève cigars. Once again, Genève, G E N E V E. Visit your local tobacconist and join the movement that is Cavalier cigars. They're consistently regarded by cigar lovers everywhere, as well as high ratings by the cigar industry press. Follow them again at Cavalier on Cigars on Instagram because they do some very unique giveaways throughout the whole year. Cavalier Cigars, smoke gold and stay gold. And finally, uh, we want to mention, uh, we're going to get into our Alec Bradley Live True segment sponsored by Alec Bradley. 500 cigars are set afire in this country every minute. A staggering statistic. Wait, that's a good thing. All those folks are relaxing with a fine cigar. The problem is a lot of those cigars aren't worth remembering. They're just plain forgettable. That's why you should pick up an Alec Bradley cigar. You'll taste that baby and say, mm-hmm, I'll remember you, Alec Bradley. Learn more at alecbradley.com. So originally, Aaron, was going to do some, like, super-related stuff tonight with, with Justo, but we're going to kind of change it up here. Okay. All right. So um, you know that there's there was a whole brouhaha that I kind of planned some flames with Abe this week on, on, on snack foods, okay? Yep. With yep, Cracker true. Jack, right, and we are Cracker Jack fans uh, yes. with, with the baseball team. Just so you know, I'm not gonna fan of. I, I pissed Abe off enough <laughs> for a lifetime. That I had a lot of fun. By the way, he really wasn't mad at me, right? But right he right, Loves right. he loves going at it. Just so you know. Yeah. But, oh, yeah. It, but there was a point where I started getting the messages. Like, right. so I I message David. Hey, look, I'm 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 having fun with this with you. But he's like, no, it's, it, this is all love here. So he's like, yeah. yeah. So, but, but yeah, it's uh, it's 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 interesting because Ben goes to a game and he um. He starts holding up the bag of Cracker Jack. I guess it was right. Cracker Jills, I think he had Yeah. To. Yeah. So so my question is I wanted to talk about first I want to talk about like ballpark food. And yep. then we'll kind of turn it a little maybe to eating eating in the ballpark and then maybe eating outside the ballpark. Okay. Um, I don't know if that's something you guys do in California as much as tailgate mm-hmm. at baseball games because of where the stadium is. Yeah, there
1: uh in San Francisco, I'm not aware of it because there is really not parking there. Right. It's very much a uh in the city ballpark. Yep. Um so it's very much public transit uh accessible. Um so I don't think there's any tailgating in San Francisco. In Oakland completely different story. Uh it's a big tailgating okay community in Oakland.
0: That goes back um, to the, yeah, that goes back I guess too. I mean cuz
1: you also have to remember the so the stadium houses the outdoor stadium and the indoor arena as well. So you had the you had the Raiders and the A's playing in the outdoor stadium and you had the Warriors uh concerts uh you know anything else that you do in an indoor arena so monster trucks or you know ice capades whatever it is. So yeah. Huge parking area, Raider games, A's games, huge huge tailgating community. I I never have really participated in that um just a couple times. Um it, I guess it's fine to do. Um, I've just never been kind of in that mode where I was going to games where I just had a bunch of time on my hands. So, um, you know, I, I'm more of a let's let me get there an hour before the game and I'm, I'm fine with that. I don't need to spend an entire day.
0: So it's interesting because in Philly, the setup is the stadium and the arena is, is almost identical, except there's two stadiums now. It used to be right. one. Where it used to be the Spectrum and the Vet were like and are near each other. Now they have Citizens Bank Park and the Link, which is still pretty close to um, the arena. So Mm -hmm. it it is a similar type of thing. New York's a completely different animal in that you know you have Yankee Stadium. Yankee Stadium, there's really no tailgate whatsoever. Uh, The old Shea Stadium had it along with. city field but they have more and definitely the meadowlands uh which is now you know the home of MetLife Stadium uh mm-hmm. it was always a good t- so when what happened what we did we would go to, we would go up to the stadium every week okay whether we had a ticket or not have a ticket right uh when there was a when there was a, a, a mostly a a, a giant and jets we do both so mm-hmm. We would actually get in, you know, because I lived in Jersey at, by this point, And we would go up on Sunday. We would set up a grill. We would set up a TV uh, as long as it wasn't raining or it was freezing. Mm-hmm. And we would make a whole day in the parking lot, even though we didn't have a ticket. Yeah. And it was 10 bucks, And it was like, we just, it, it became a tradition. We, I mean, we, the food was incredible. Yeah. Um, and then sometimes we went to the game. We would, same thing. We get, we get to like 830 in the morning for a one o'clock game. And then we would, after the game, stay another two hours because you couldn't get out of there. Right. 9-11 changed all that. Yeah. That ended with 9-11 because you had to have a ticket to get into the parking lot. So that that was unfortunately what happened with that. Right. So that kind of ended what was like, a, like about a 12-year tradition um, of doing that. Yeah. Yeah. So... But uh, that's interesting, yeah. So it's—I think the uh, the San Francisco Oakland thing is very similar to like the, uh, I guess you could say Yankee Stadium and City Field, but more so even the because uh, tailgate is still big at MetLife. Uh, probably now they charge fifty bucks to park there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, interesting. Okay, so we're we're in the ballpark right now. Yeah. Is there a? Do you eat in the ballpark? I mean, do you not eat at the ballpark? Because, you know, I think baseball food has got something special over everything else, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, for me, baseball games, definitely any sporting events are definitely eating in the stadium. I mean, um, it's just I think that's part of the part of the experience. So, I mean, I guess if I had season tickets, maybe I would do things a little differently because at least in Oakland, you can bring whatever you want in um you can't bring glass or aluminum cans uh you can bring plastic bottles of yeah soda water you could bring you could bring your own peanuts. you could bring your own cracker jack you could bring pretty much anything that fits in a backpack so you could just do that if you wanted to but i you know i go i don't go that frequently so it's an experience in there and for me uh usually a hot dog is going to happen at some point during the game right and then from there it's going to be kind of a a feeling out of what uh, what else is going on uh to see if i want to try something else um but gonna have you know some peanuts for sure to eat through the throughout the game Uh, maybe some sunflower seeds uh maybe some cracker jack um those are those would be the staples
0: right yeah yeah i mean so it was always very basic for me um for a long time. It was like hot dog, a soda, I mean a beer um Mm. nothing, I mean pretzel, pretzel was always a big thing at least Mm -hmm. where I was it it was those types of things where, you know, you get that and they would come to your seat so you wouldn't have to wait online at the concession stand, it was it wasn't, then when Citizens, I was still living up in the northeast when Citizens Bank Park got built it became very different um, you had bull's barbecue, which was literally Greg Lezinski was there cooking. Yeah. Like Greg Lezinski was actually there cooking and very accessible. Yeah. Talk to everybody. I mean, and it was really good. You go down there and you get, you get food. And it wasn't cheap even back then, but right. but it was, it was pretty cool. It was part of the experience. And and suddenly for the first time I was like, when citizens bank park opened, I was longer in my, I used to be the guy in my seat for nine innings. Yeah. it wasn't, it's suddenly that just didn't happen. I, it's good and bad. I still like the idea of sitting in the seat for nine innings. Yes. At a game.
1: Yeah. I prefer that myself.
0: Were you a guy who kept score? No, I used to, I used to, I used to, no, I used I, to keep score. It, it, it's, it's tough. Right. And it's like, it's, it's so useless at the end. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. But yeah, it's, uh, um, uh, you know, it's, it's hard to do that. Um, you know i tried doing it once watching the all-star game and that don't ever try doing it watching the all-star games like, yeah you'll, you'll <laughs> lose your mind he looks doing like i like was like a disaster yeah why are you even do this right so um what i mean, this saying food related aaron but i was thinking about this the other day when how many baseball games did you go to a year as a kid uh i'm i probably went to like maybe a half dozen that's about what i year. did yeah that's yeah. about what i did um And I would say maybe four Phillies games a year, maybe a Yankee or Met game mixed in there as well. But it was probably about four when they won the World Series. I went a little more that year, but uh, but about six. Now, one thing I always would go to the stadium to get was the yearbook. That was like the like the first game Mm -hmm. I'd want that yearbook, and uh, I would buy that yearbook. um, And it seems like that that's something completely gone today. I don't know if the company teams even do yearbooks anymore.
1: Yeah, I don't I don't know that I ever got got yearbooks, but they they would have like uh programs uh for the game. Um and I don't think that they were like I don't know that they changed up all that frequently. I mean I'm I'm assuming at some points of the year right. they might update them if they had, you know, made trades or called up players and yeah. put players down or whatever. But um yeah, I mean that I, I think that was the only thing at baseball games that was like um kind of a tangible thing unless they had like a special promotion or something like that. And it wasn't like now it's like every game has its thing. Right.
0: Yeah.
1: It was when I think when we were younger, it was like, spe- like it was really a special event. Like if you got a, a hat or a bat or something, it was like a, you know, they might've had a dozen of them at, oh, across the season or something like that. Yeah.
0: So. Yeah, no, that's true. Uh, I mean, bat day was a huge thing at Yankee stadium. Bat day yeah. was, and it was like because you got a legitimate baseball bat, right? On um, a wooden baseball bat you would get at Yankee Stadium. That was pr- pretty cool to get. Um, but you look, so, yeah, you mentioned the program and the yearbook, right? I would get both. So the yearbook mm-hmm. was like it had photo, it had it was a nice, glossy book, it had photos of the players that recapped last year, had stats in there, right? right. It had, that's we go get your stats if you didn't have a baseball card, and the program was like. It was it was almost like a like a magazine, but that's where they would put in there would be an insert that was specific to the game. And that's how you go score the game. You score oh yeah, game it's already
1: a pre-populated for the with the roster.
0: Right. And there's some ads and okay. that has a roster. Yeah. There's some ads. And then when the roster changed, they would a lot of times when the roster changed quickly, they'd put like a sheet in there or something like that. Yeah. Because yeah. they couldn't get the programs printed quicker enough there. Right. Um. And yeah. So the program was game specific. Uh. The yearbook was like I said. It was literally. It was like a collectible thing to get the yearbook for me. Mm-hmm. I, and that was the thing I always looked forward to getting. And then I actually got really um, like when I was about thirteen, I figured out how to get the media guides. I wrote to. Right. I wrote to the Phillies, and they would send. Me, that's when you know they would send you the media guides. I just say. Any chance I could get a media guide, they don't charge you and they send you the media guide, which was really cool. And that was right. even more information that was in the yearbook. Yeah. Yeah. Uh what uh I mean, so the other thing is is there, you know, the one thing I do like about again, I, I don't know if the football experience has the same. I haven't been to football games in a long, I haven't been in NFL game in a long time, but the football games never gave me the same food experience as as a baseball game.
1: Yeah, um, I've only been to like three, I think three football games in my life. Um, And uh, it's just, I don't see the uh, excitement of being at the football game in person. I'd much rather watch it on TV. I want to see what's going on, know what's going on, all that stuff. And I just don't, I can't get that being at a stadium. I don't feel like.
0: No, I don't either, and it's a little different with, with, because baseball, you do have the innings, right? Yeah. Now, football, you have the TV timeouts, right? Right. Like, it's, like, there's, people get angry if you got up in the middle of a, of a down series. Let's put it like that. Yeah. yeah they yeah. didn't want you getting up in the middle of a down, so it was a little right. tougher, and they had, as a result, at least this is, a, and folks who maybe are watching, correct me, but I always thought there were less uh, concession vendors that would come around for a football game because of that. Yeah. I,
1: I really couldn't probably say much on yeah. that. Cause I don't, I don't know. Um, yeah,
0: but it was hard to tell that because again, the, the NFL teams, by the time I went, were playing it. They weren't playing at the same stadiums as the baseball in New York. Right. Yeah. yeah. Now I'll ask this question because you've been probably to more baseball games. I have the, the bad thing about living in Charlotte is I, I don't get to major league. I haven't been to major league baseball game in a while. Right. So, yeah. Uh we do have minor league baseball. It's great to go to. Um the Charlotte Knights are a fun team to go to. Mm-hmm. Um so but my question, so it's been a little while since I've been to baseball Are Cracker Jacks dying at the base at the ballpark right now? Is it something people just don't care about anymore?
1: Um, I don't know if they're dying. I mean, I uh they're readily available. Um, you know, because there's like um so the vendors that usually carry the cact cracker jacks um are carrying multiple items right so they'll right. have cracker jacks they'll probably have cotton candy red ropes um all those things so i always see them you know they have like a, they usually have like that little pole or whatever that's got the clips and the they're all hanging on there so i'm pretty yeah. sure that cracker jacks are you know they're well represented um the last game i went to uh i took my daughter uh, you know in oakland you have your pretty much your choice of seats and um if you <laughs> use some of those kind of last minute uh ticket uh, apps, uh, even the really good seats are at really good prices. So like they have these, um, they have this one section, um, that are, um, like movie theater seats and they have a TV and they have like a nice, like you have like a whole row of like gap to you in this little counter in front of you. And there's a TV down below. So you can see, you can see the game on the TV or watch it. And like, you're, you're still on the field level seats. Um, but it's, uh, you know, all you can eat food for free all that stuff oh so wow. we went there and when you, they usher you to your seat they give you a bag of cracker jack and they give you a bag, a bag of peanuts for each person oh, so wow. cracker cracker jacks were there and okay. you use the app on your phone to place your order they bring the food to your seat it's all it's all it was beautiful and it was like 40 dollars a ticket
0: that that's good that's a good nice deal
1: yeah i mean i could have sat, sat closer but it would have been Five or ten dollars more, and I would have had to pay for all the food. So I was like, nah, I'll just take this, and I'm not so pay for anything that. else the rest of the night." Yep. <laughs> yeah, yep. So
0: yeah. 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 I haven't like I said. I I should have looked to see if the Charlotte Knights have something like that. I bet they. I bet they do. Yeah. I'm
1: sure they have like a luxury section or something yeah. like that where they do those kinds of fun things. Yeah. It's, yep. it's pretty cool.
0: Yeah, that's cool. That's cool as well. Um, so it's interesting because you kind of again, I guess you know, peanuts and cracker Jacks are old time baseball uh, yes snacks. So they still. Even in Oakland doing that. Um, Absolutely. Yep. So, so uh, I don't know. I don't know what they're doing on the other end of the bet. You could tell me, but I don't know if Cap was brought in like veggie, veggie sticks or something, but uh, uh,
1: I'm sure there is. But this is another topic <laughs> I guess to talk about. Is just each ballpark has, has a few things or one thing that yeah. is special to them. Right. So, yeah. Um, I took a I took like a baseball tour in like 2004 on the East Coast where I kind of visited 10 stadiums in like two weeks. Uh-huh. Um, and that was a fun thing. It was like checking out like what was special about you know at each place. So right. um, you know, I went to Philly, they had the barbecue place, at cheese cheesesteaks, um Chicago, they got Chicago Dogs. Um I'm trying to remember whatever but what everyone had. I think they had like in Pittsburgh, they had pierogies, yeah. um at uh, At New Comiskey, they had uh, Italian beef sandwiches. So, like, everybody had their own kind of thing going on, right? So, that was fun to see. In uh, San Francisco, it's the garlic fries. Okay. That's the big thing. But they also have, like, sushi, and they have, like, um, I want to say it's, I can't remember if it's McCovey or Cepeda's, like, uh, they have, like, a jerk chicken stand. It might be McCovey's because it's right next to McCovey's Cove, I believe, so. Yeah. Um yeah, they have like each stadium kind of has its own thing. And but yeah, the San Francisco side's a little bit more upscale. Wine cheese. So,
0: yeah, the wine and cheese. You got crowd. blue
1: collar in Oakland and you got Correct. white collar in San Francisco. It's yeah. kind of the way it sets sets up.
0: Yeah. Um we would go down to I know when we were living even in Jersey, we would drive down to Camden Yards um and they had the crab cakes there at the Yeah. There. I they went were, there,
1: but I did not partake of the I, I
0: figured you did not get the crab cake. <laughs> and I have not tasted it yet in Philadelphia but I have heard the reports Ch- so Charlie Manuel is now a key steak maker I guess uh okay. but he is not making the cheesesteaks like like Greg lazinski right the, the barbecue <laughs> and I don't know if Greg was is still doing the barbecue actively he used yeah. to do it every game he may not be that's 20 years ago now yeah but but the Charlie Manuel's cheesesteaks have gotten high grades is what I've okay. heard from various people and I don't nice. think they think it's I, but it's it is that he's strictly um he strictly put his name on it. He's not making the cheesesteaks from what I heard. Right. So uh so yeah, yeah, but I heard it's really good quality. And the other thing that they would have at um they had uh chickie and Pete's crab fries. Now, that's not crab mixed in with french fries. They would put the uh old bay seasoning on that. Okay. Really, really, really good. Yeah. Uh just get a couple of extra large uh waters with that because you're going to be thirsty <laughs> after that for sure. Right. Um They would have um, dollar hot dog day was another big one. So you go to if you went to a these were afternoon games, usually during the week. And they'd have dollar hot dogs, all you can eat. Um, So that was always a cool thing. And then they had the hot dog gun. Where they would shoot the hot dogs out into the crowd. We never we never got one. (laughs) I mean, I I tried for I never even came close. Those things would never get shot near me, but they would take an air gun and these hot dogs, which were wrapped in foil would, would fly into the crowd and and you would get that. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, that was, that was that as well. Um, you know, I, I, uh, and you went to Pittsburgh, you've been to Pittsburgh, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that was when you went to Pittsburgh, that was that tour you did. Yes. Yeah. That was, was pretty cool.
1: Yeah, it was a fantastic trip. Like I wish I could do it more frequently. Yeah, and hit some different places. So
0: yeah, I know Bear does a annual baseball stadium trip. Okay, uh, but he's—I don't think he did it this year because of he's going to Scotland. Okay. so I don't think he has like. But he went to Seattle, San Diego. Mm-hmm. Um, I—I I, I remember those two specifically. He went to, so. um so yeah, that was, uh, and then despite what Rob said, uh, I have been to Dodger stadium and the old farmer, John hot dogs were, were really good. I'll say that. Yeah. So, <laughs> so uh, um, that was that, that's a, that's a cool, if, if people get the Dodger stadium, go there, it's it's a, it's a, it's a cool place to go see a game.
1: Uh, a weird place to watch a game is in San Diego.
0: The new one, right? I, I yes. went to the old Jack Murphy stadium.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. I never went to Jack Murphy, but the yeah. new Petco park, it's, uh, I'm just saying it's weird because the the weather is so nice and you feel like you're at the beach that you don't like, feel like you're at a beach and a baseball game broke out. It's just weird. It's like, it's just a weird environment. I I don't know how else to explain it. It's a cool stadium and you know, all that stuff. It just, it just doesn't, it feels a little weird. You know, I don't know. I don't know how else to explain it. So
0: we went, we went to a Padres game and it was like the last weekend of the year. And this has to be 81 or 82. Right. Cause we were, and I just remember it was freezing. Mm. It was really cold that game. Yeah. And we were just not dressed for that game. As like, flick always went to family right. and we left, but it was, I remember it was really cold. Uh, yeah. It was like, I guess it was that last weekend, the Padres were already out of it. You know, they were, they were, and they played, actually, they played the Giants. And like, okay. Uh, and that thing was like a mausoleum as well. So yeah. was, no one wanted to be at that game. It was freezing at that game.
1: Yeah. I mean, San Diego usually has like the most temperate weather. It's like, it's almost the same all the time. But yeah. you'll, you know, you'll get those yeah rare times where you just get the, yeah, the, and, movement, the breeze coming in from the ocean.
0: And, and Jack Murphy, I think, from what I remember, it was, it was in the, it was more in the foothills too. So. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. All right, that um, that was this week's Alec Bradley Live True segment, sponsored by Alec Bradley. So we have some industry uh, talk, Alan, we'll get to. Um, with. Uh, there's just some topical things. I want to put a little bit of a different spin on that. But let me first uh, go through our final round of sponsors. Uh, first, I want to mention J.C. Newman Cigar Company. Founded in 1895 by Julius Caesar Newman, the J.C. Newman Cigar Company's oldest family-owned premium cigar maker in America. For four generations and 127 years, J.C. Newman has been handcrafting many of the world's finest cigars. J.C. Newman is headquartered in an iconic 113-year-old cigar factory in the Ybor City National Historic Landmark District of Tampa, Florida. At the factory known as Elver Hole, J.C. Newman rolls premium cigars by hand and hand-operated antique cigar machines, including the All-American Cigar, The American. The J.C. Newman pencil factory is the second largest in Nicaragua, and it's where Brickhouse, Pearl de Mar, El Baton, and Quorum and Yagua cigars are hand-rolled. J. Newman's Diamond Crown, Maximus Julius Caesar, and Black Diamond Cigars are handmade by tobacco A. Fuente in the Dominican Republic. With his longtime partners, the Arturo Fuente family, the Newman's founded the Cigar Family Charitable Foundation, which supports low-income families in the Dominican Republic with education, uh, health care, vocational training, and clean water. Visit jcnewman.com to learn more. And by Casa Cuevas Cigars. The Cuevas family has five generations of experience in cigar making. For many years, they have manufactured cigars for many industry levers at a Los Ladas factory in the Dominican Republic. Now the Cuevas family has brought their very own brand to market with Casa Cuevas Cigars. You can try to rate and release the, the, the Sango Nueva line as well as the Casa Cuevas and Cuevas reserve lines. And remember, if they don't carry it, be sure to ask your local retailer for Casa Cuevas Cigars. Casa Cuevas Cigars, from our hearts to yours. And finally, we, uh, we're going to get into our industry talk deliberation segment sponsored by Dumbarton Tobacco & Trust. There's no deliberation when it comes to Dumbarton's tobacco uh, track record since launching in 2015. This has included eight consecutive top-tier appearances on the half Consensus, including number one cigar of the year in 2020 with the Creator Tricky Turkey Chaka and number one in 2022 with the Meek Black Saka Khan. You can visit DTT Cigars to find a purveyor that carries the brands of Dumbarton Tobacco & Trust. So before we get to this segment, I guess I, I'll make the announcement here. Uh, Steve Sacco will be on primetime next week. There you go. So we're going to have a little bit of a shorter show here, but we're going to more to make it up for it. <laughs> right. Uh, and I have to also hook off a sock in the midnight hour slot when we get to that, uh, when we get yes. to the, yeah, in there. So, the trade show, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but stay tuned. To, yeah, but Steve is scheduled to come on next week. So uh, we will, um, I'm sure it's going to be an entertaining and long show. So, yeah. <laughs> So, uh, all right. So, Aaron, I, there's a few things like news items we maybe some of these we've talked about like in the chat we have, mm-hmm. um, and maybe some of these we haven't, right? So, I I picked um, I picked four things. I picked right. And they're all they're all kind of product related, but I want to maybe just kind of get some. Thought, I have some specific thoughts I wanted to ask your opinion on with some of these. So, the first one is this Asylum sensorium cigar. Mm-hmm. It is a new ultra premium Asylum cigar. Uh, There's going to be two sizes. One is going to sell for $50, and the <laughs> other one is going to sell for $60. Mm-hmm. So I think one is a 1118 size, and the other one, I want to say it's a 6 by 60 right? Um, yes. What do you think about hearing this announcement here about this one, first of all, and then we get into some specifics.
1: Um... I thought it was interesting that they went for such a premium high price point. Um, I want to say that I think the highest, and you correct me if I'm wrong, the highest priced asylum previously was the Dragon's Milk.
0: It might have been, uh, okay. or the 78910s. It, it's either one of those two. The Dragon's okay. Milk was not a cheap cigar. I remember I bought a carton of those things.
1: Right. Yeah. So I, it's, it's interesting that they went for such a, a premium. Um, and maybe I just didn't read enough about it, but I don't know I'm not sure I'm clear on what's causing the demand for such a high price point.
0: okay, so let's I'll tell you what they, I'll tell you what they have in here um okay. so according to what they have is um they and I didn't ask Cousteau about that. I was going to ask him about it, but we had a shorter show. yeah, I was curious to see if he could talk about because it's coming from the farm, right mm-hmm. uh they have a crop that they're growing called pinar, pinar, Pinarino. Mm-hmm. Um, and according to uh, what Christian Rowan says, his, his father uh, got some of those seeds from Cuba and he grew them in Hamistan. Um, and he's been working on this seed for a long time, but he hadn't grown it uh, in over 40 years. Okay. Um, and anytime they they tried to grow it, they had blue mold problems, so it was susceptible to everything. But they finally, I guess, you know, with a lot of things they're doing on the farm. They're able to use this right now and in, uh, in the in the blend. So it's like there's okay. this so f- Unique,
1: yeah, unique tobacco.
0: funerino in there, right? Yeah. Um okay. now, like I said, there is, there's two sizes. There's an Ascend 18, A S-E-N, that's the eighteen, and there's an Ascend 60, like I said, uh 50 and $60 respectively. So they're yeah. not cheap. They're gonna be in coffin like packaging, right? Um, so here was my Take on this, right? Yeah. Why did this is what I wanted to ask you. I thought this was very odd that this was put into the asylum line based on what I just told you, right? Yeah. And based on asylum's always been, I, I'd i say, a blue collar. And, and in fairness, I haven't talked to Tom about this yet, but I'm just, I'm not knocking it. I was curious why would they go for this when you have the Aroa brand, which has the Aroa name on it? This is something yeah. that the Aroas grew. Why wouldn't you put this under the Aroa brand? Yeah, choice. that's
1: interesting. Um, unless they just had that desire to get that six by sixty in there, and that's, I mean, I, I, they, you know, they do have some larger ring gauges under the Cle brand, um, but they maybe have a couple just, 60, yeah, yeah, maybe it just wasn't a fit for what they wanted to do. Um, yeah, and it, you know, getting that sixty in there was a better fit for you know the Asylum which carries a, a significant amount of larger ring gauges. Yeah. So but I mean to me I always feel like the large ring gauge cigars are um, presented as more of a you know kind of a value solution yeah. for a lot of cigar right and now you've got this which is sixty dollars it's just like I think I, I don't know if the, you, you're you really narrowing that market. You know, big ring gauge guys that don't that spend a lot of money, I'm not sure that that way, how big that market is.
0: Yeah, I remember when the Asylum Seven came out. Uh and they did the same thing they did in eleven-eight with the with the seven, the anniversary cigars, mm-hmm. they do an 1118, but they do a 70. Yeah. Uh I'll tell you that the seven was the best seven by seventy I ever smoked. Right. Um, the 10 was pretty good too. The 10 was mm-hmm. the other one I really liked. Um, so yeah, they had, but the idea that behind I understood what they were doing with that because Tom said very clearly, hey, we wanted to have an ultra-premium big cigar. So they so right. they they do that and they did that. This is kind of now you're kind of getting into this this stratosphere level, right mm-hmm. where now you're kind of going and it's not they're not going seventy they went sixty, but now you're you're aiming at a very different type of customer here than I even think that asylum seven anniversary series is yeah, i agree with that yep um there was another interesting thing in when they made this announcement um on this, and um what they said was um. They're going to basically, I guess, Tom Wazuka and Christian are going to go on a um, a retailer tour. I don't want to call it a book tour, but they're going to go right. visit key retailers. And I guess the approach they said is uh, they're going to hand sell this cigar. Like, literally, these two are going to go into a store, and they're yeah. going to sit down. They want someone to smoke this cigar, and they're going to try to hand sell it like that, which I thought was a – I actually thought that was a good move to do with this. If that's what they're going to do with this – yeah. Um, I thought that was a brilliant move because I'm sure some retailers will order it no matter what, but I'm yeah. sure all ones are going to be on the fence with this.
1: I mean, if you're kind of targeting like uh, you know what retailers kind of have that audience um, of consumers that spend that kind of money or that, that, you know, are on the premium side and that, yeah. um, you know, having them in house will move that product. Um, then yeah, I could see that. Cause it, I think if you get into that, if you get into that space, shake hands with somebody that has the money to to buy those on a regular basis you get them to buy them and then you get them when they come back you don't need to be there when they come back right yeah if they're interested in it they you know you you made them feel good all that kind of stuff then maybe that maybe that works for them and they sell you know i'm sure they're not expecting this to sell uh you know at the same speed that their bigger sellers sell but whatever they have for production numbers they, I'm sure they've set a kind of a target goal of quantity. They want to be able to sell these, yeah. and if they can just make keep them rolling, then it's, a, then it's a success. They'll just have to determine at the end, you know, was the cost of, uh you know, travel and our time to do this right. worthwhile to, you know, for what you got back, so. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and like, I see this cigar based on what they're doing, like, and this goes back to what Husto said, probably limited production. They're, they're not going to be mass producing these cigars and uh if we'll see if it's something that these retailers will order every year yeah yeah so that is supposed to be hitting i mean i want to smoke this thing i know it's like i know you and i have been saying enough with these high-priced cigars I, I'm, yeah. I'm i guess i'm already curious enough where i'm going to smoke
1: this right well i mean you know you, you want to try this unique tobacco so and uh, just see in you know, yeah. Obviously, I would go for the eleven eighteen. Just I like that shape. Yeah. I'm not into big into the six I would by go, sixty. I would even
0: go with the eleven eighteen. They're good. Yeah.
1: I mean, I don't know how much of that to, special tobacco is in the six by sixty. So that make I don't know. You know.
0: Yeah. Make, so. Yeah. I don't. And like I said, this is these are questions I have. I know when I get talk to Tom and Christian you know, or get to the trade show, how much tobacco is in this thing? Is it is it yeah. a small amount, large amount? Um, right. I mean, I'm assuming again. I'm assuming this is a small amount. I mean, yeah. I, I can't see it being again because if it's if it's if it's something that's low yield, I don't, that's not something they're going to load the filler up with that day. But right. maybe enough to just kind of influence this thing. Yeah. So I'm really, I'm really, like I said, I I like the Asylum anniversary cigars. Uh Some like the seven and the ten were the ones I really liked. So we'll see with that. Um, you you actually smoked the ten, right? You thought that was eleven eighteen, right?
1: Yeah, that was a really very good cigar. Last I year. thought
0: it was a very good cigar. Yeah, I thought yeah. that one and the seven seven by 70 was really those are the two best okay. ones, nice. yep. yep, so all right. So that's that's the Assam um, Sensorium. Um, oh, one more thing on that. Do you think like this is again more competent? you gonna see more. I mean, do you think I think they're gonna, again, I, someone asked me if they thought the higher priced cigars were going away, and I said to them, no. I didn't think so. I thought some companies may try to come up with some value stuff like Drew Estate did, but mm-hmm. I said I still think a lot of companies will have projects like this. So I don't think they're going away anytime soon.
1: Yeah, um, I have a theory on what I think is going to happen, but I can be hundred percent wrong on that. Um, I think they'll continue to happen, um, but I think what's going to—I ha- think what is happening now is kind of what happens sometimes in the car industry is that you get into a lull where like gas prices are really low. And the car manufacturers come out with these really high horsepower, low miles per gallon cars. But by the time they do all the work and get them out to actually the lots, gas prices like cranking up again. So then it's (laughs) like it doesn't work out. But I I think, you know, there's obviously there's there's brands that are up in the high price market. We're seeing that people are buying them. But I have a feeling that other brands are going to now get on that kind of track and want to be able to do that. But I think we're seeing that sales numbers are starting to go down. And I think the economy is going to continue to go down. And I think we're st- still in this weird part of the economy where, you know, the pandemic's over and people want to get out and spend money, but I think people's jobs are going to be starting to come under fire and they're not going to have the money. So yeah. I think the money's going to run out and people are going to be sitting on some of these high price cigars. Um, but I could be wrong.
0: I, I agree with you on that. And, and like I said, I, I remember these cyclic patterns with, with cars. I mean, I just, I remember, I've seen it so many times. And yeah. you're 100% right. You know, now it was, we saw a lot of hybrids with the same thing, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, I, I agree a thousand percent on that. And I think the same thing will happen with the cigar market. No no question about it. All right. Another uh, item. And we really didn't, we, we didn't talk about this one. I don't think too much. The Atabay Black. Yeah. Uh, Ritos. Um, a cigar originally released as a NFT in a conceptual mm-hmm. form. Right. Uh is now that concept, which I think we all knew this was gonna happen. I don't think this was yeah. a surprise. Um th- that artwork was just too good. <laughs> so yeah. um they're gonna become they're getting released. Uh yeah. so it's a it's a I mean I guess you can look at it. It's like a a dark rap uh Atabay is the way yeah. I would look at it um on that. And uh it's gonna be offered in limited fashion to a couple of um, a couple forms. If you're a United Cigar Lounge, you're going to get it. Yeah. Um, and if you bought an NFT, you get it. Yeah. So first, at first, I guess, you know, what do you think of that? Is Because I think now, I thought that was a very interesting angle that they did. If you bought the NFT, now you have the right to buy this.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think this kind of follows a bit in the footsteps of what LFD had done, right? You had to That's buy – you were too. basically buying the rights to be right. able to get this cigar, which I think is smart because, to me, um, the original concept, it wasn't, a, it wasn't a cigar. Like, you're not buying this cigar. You, you're
0: buying NFT digital You're just art.
1: buying an NFT that has yeah. no tangible thing that you're going to do with it except for right. hold this Token for whatever reason you want right. to hold it for, or whatever. So, I think this is the pro, you know, the proper way to do it. Um, it obviously increases the value of the people who bought the yeah. NFTs. Oh, yeah.
0: Sure. Now,
1: now there's something that comes with it. Yeah. Um, and this is great for the lounges because, um, uh, it doesn't require them to, I don't think it requires them to make an investment to get this cigar that they haven't already made, right? Yeah. So if there was an investment to be, you know, to become this type of a lounge, they've already done that, but they probably did that without knowing that this was coming, right? So sure. Um I, I don't know the details of what you know what they have to do to acquire the cigar. Like, do they have, to, you know, I don't know if it's the same kind of deal as at LFD or or how it's all set up, but um, I think it's cool. Um definitely a different track for the Atabay line, which is known for its very light. Wrapper, yep. Uh, except for you know, they some of the ones that they were doing that were slightly darker, but this is a very right different different level of dark. So um, I think it's cool, but I, I think this is I think this is how the NFT game in the cigar industry has to work. Um, I didn't.
0: Even, yeah, I agree hundred percent. You know, yeah. and they were. Re- I mean, look, LFT got a lot of buzz on this, right? In a way, you know, Adabe was the first to do this. United United slice Selected Tobacco was the first to do this with yes, the NFC, Yeah, but. Uh,
1: You know, first to market is not always not always,
0: yeah, not always the (laughs) winner. And and you know, like I said, it has evolved a bit. Yeah. And my question was this, and this is again, this is an Oliver question. I thought of this. So if you like you when you bought that art, you could buy a cigar or a box, right? Yeah. And literally the box was priced more than the cigar. Right. So my question is to them, is how does the buying power work with this now? So if you have, I'm assuming if you have a single, you can't buy a box.
1: I would I would think that you have a, a bigger allotment available to you if you yeah. bought the box NFT yeah. than the single NFT. So okay. I'm assuming they're not gonna just ha- allow you to buy one cigar. I mean, I guess you that could be the case, but I don't know that that's good business. So
0: yeah, and I what I assumed is you'd probably buy these through. David two guys who yeah. is he had obviously you know United to uh United cigars is his but uh right. he's got a distribution arm already yeah. and um you know he had the red Anchor lounge is his that's one of the uh branded lounges they have so so that's how I assume you buy I'm sure there's gonna be a program that these guys will be contacted on with that right as as well um I gotta be honest I, I, I would all love to LFD I'm more excited about smoking this cigar than, than the LfD one I gotta be and I, I that's let's against the LfD guys mm-hmm. This is something like I think when Atabay came out, the first thing I always thought was, "Are they going to do a Maduro in this line?" That right. was always like, and now you know I don't want to say it's a Maduro, but it's a dark wrap cigar they're doing. So yeah, yeah.
1: See, I typically don't. I typically fare more to the lighter side than the yep. Maduro wrappers. So for me, I, I'm not. I, I'm excited. I would like to smoke it. I'm not going to say that. I'm not excited yeah. to smoke right. it. It's just I'm not like beating down the door saying. I gotta have this because it's a Maduro kind of a thing. So um yeah. I, I, I I'm equally excited as excited to smoke the L F D one or this one. So
0: Okay. I mean I always like I said, this is something I've kind of and I think it's gonna be a great sh- not that Adabe needs a shot in the arm, but you know, I think it is gonna kinda of put the Atabay um brand in the spotlight again. To, to do that so yeah. i thought it was interesting enough that they're doing it it's a it's, it's something i want to smoke but it's something that i remember even when the they came out with the whole conceptual like digital art. i'm like this is just too cool not to do-. i mean i just kept saying why wouldn't they do this is what, yeah. what i kept saying less and, and i guess the only thing i was able to read between the lines is that nelson is a freak about aging all this stuff right nelson yeah. alfonso and this stuff was still aging, and I guess they didn't know if they were ready to re- – You know, maybe they didn't want to sure. commit to it two years ago. Because I wonder if they two years ago said you're going to do this, right? They probably mm-hmm. would have sold those NFTs like so fast. Yeah. But that, that's the only reason I can think of why they didn't do this two years ago.
1: Right, right, right.
0: And the other is I don't know what these things are going to be priced at. I don't think yeah. the pricing was announced for this yet. Right, so, yeah. So you may be looking at like a $75 cigar. Don't be surprised. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not – don't quote me on, but yeah, yeah. But you know, you maybe. I I assume this is going to be more expensive than an out bay. I mean, there's just, there's no yeah. way it's not. Yeah,
1: it's a, yeah, it's a good bet.
0: Yeah. All right. The third thing is not a big item, but I'm kind of curious because we just had him on the show. Um, Fortello mm-hmm. has announced that they're cutting some skus out. Right. Um now we always look at cutting skews and and it has there's two schools of thought like hey, you know, they're trimming cigars that just don't they gotta trim these cigars, they don't sell. There's no point making them. Yeah. And you know, others say it's kind of um it's not a good thing, the company's in trouble. And the other thing is, right. like, hey, we're getting leaner and meaner, you know, having just focus on the lines that sell. Yeah. Um but the interesting thing was the Fratello sizes um that they got rid of. They got rid of one size from like the, each of the several of the core lines. So there's like a from the Bianco, they got rid of the number one, which is a Lonsdale. From the Oro, they got rid of the shorty, which is a like a nub size cigar. Yeah. From the Veta, they got rid of the six by sixty called the Enterprise. And from the Inverso, they got rid of the Corona Gordo, which was a five and seven, eight by forty six. That was as different. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I mean, like just <laughs> and I was—I i don't. What did you make of this? I mean, did you? What was your feeling? Because I thought it was weird what they they trimmed out in each of these lines. Like to me, I say, all right, maybe just get rid of the lens I don't know. They don't have lanceros, but maybe yeah. just get rid of the Corona Gordas. They don't sell anymore.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh I I understand all of those cigars until you got to that Corona Gorda, uh-huh. uh, and. You know, I I don't know the sales numbers for retailers, so maybe they just maybe they say chronic don't sell, but I would think that, that one would, would be one that would be okay. But I could see getting rid of that nut, little shorty one. Uh, yeah, that's know, the get, Connecticut. Getting rid of a Lonsdale's are are like Lanceros. They you know they probably don't sell all that much, right? Um, so I can understand some of those other ones, and I'm okay with it. I think it, it's fine if they if those are not selling for you. Um, there's no reason to keep producing them, have them in, in inventory, having them sitting on retailer shelves that can't sell. they could put another box of another brand of yours in that spot so you know i don't i don't see a problem with it i don't take it as a sign of weakness i would, you know i would say you know good for omar to you know realize that it's time to you know trim trim some things out um you know if you need to make room for some other stuff um or just to be able to focus on where you on what makes you money like you know i I'm not a big fan of you know you need you needing to have seven vitolas in a line just to no, try I'm to not... you know get every get every possible smoker to be able to try it that just likes a particular size. Like if you have if one if you have if there's one size for that cigar, just sell that one. But if you have like a you know a nice quart of two or three vitolas, just just go with that.
0: Yeah, no. Um the one I guess I really did like was that Bianca one, that Lonsdale. It was yeah. a really good cigar, right? Um, but you know, I didn't hear anyone like, and Omar's got his following too. I didn't hear anyone like crying, oh man, this size is going away. Like with the Druid State stuff, there was some, you know, they even though there was stuff they trimmed that wasn't, excuse me, wasn't selling, yeah, they had, you know, there was, there was a fan base for some mm-hmm. of this stuff, you know, some of the Swamp Thang ones. I know people who like the Swamp, like, oh man, you know, um, there were people like the Underground Song. So I, I think that, but I don't think in this case it's really a bad thing um, if they're just getting rid of maybe the lowest. I, the way I kind of looked at this, he probably trimmed the lowest screwing skew in each of the lines. I mean, right. that's the only yeah. logic I could think of with that. Yeah. Um, Which is, is understandable. And I think when, you know, the one that was a little surprising was the enterprise at six by 60 in the Nevada. But mm-hmm. then again, I thought about maybe I don't think that's the size that the six by 60 guys going to. Yeah. The one that the six by 60. Right. right. All the respect. I think it's a different type of customer there. So I understand that. I think it was, like I guess I thought it was a good move by him. And like you said, it, um, it allows them to put something that sells a little better in the, in the retail space. I think it's a good message for the retailers you're sending mm-hmm. with this. Um, I think there is some good old honesty in that. Um, you know, we didn't get to this. This is one thing I want to hit with Husto when, when he, when, when they released Aladino, do you remember like they had 12 skus, like 12 yeah. sizes, but after that, they never did that again. They right. kept it much more manageable. Yeah. Um, and even some of those those original Aladino sizes are not in regular production anymore. I think you could still yeah. they still make some from time to time. But but yeah, you, you know, he's much more uh like streamlined that. So I, yeah. like I said I agree. I think this was a good move by Omar. I didn't look at it as anything bad. Um I'm sure if there's some retailer that wants a one of these sizes, you could put a special order in for them. I guess. Yep. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh so that was that was that one. Um and the last item I had um room 101 uh they're coming out with that 70 cigar. Yeah. All right. So since I'm going since STG is taking this thing over, okay? Right. The stuff that Matt released last year, I, I'm assuming was Matt releases uh, I'm gonna say that was just prior to STG Room 101. Yeah. So, like, the you know, the forest Nicaragua was not lot, right. So, since then, there's been two announcements from STG as far as releases go that are going to be in the map boost room 101 era. Mm-hmm. Uh, this 70s, and they announced that TPE, and I guess they were not they showed off the packaging or the artwork actually. The, the room is returning, yeah. All right, so now we're heading on a year with this STG Room 101. Matt was brought in as a creative director. Yeah. This is where we can be honest here. Yeah. Have have they excited you at all with what Room 101's been doing? Um no,
1: not really because I think I think it seems like Matt's energy has been on uh other STG brands, right? Yeah. Um you know, LSD, Central Ponza, like those are other things that, you know, he kind of has had a hand in that I think has been the bigger things moving on. And maybe that's just the way it works because of, you know, how the transition was and, you know, to get time in to, you know, decide what they wanted to do next, blend it up, get it, you know, in production and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, I can understand that, you know, there's some time in the transition process, so it's fine, but um, I definitely think his focus or at least what he's being seen for right now is for other STG releases other than yeah. Room 101. Um, out of these two, I mean, obviously, I would like to smoke the Daruma. Um, and then the 70, I don't really have much of an interest in. it. just it's not a size that I feel comfortable having in my mouth. So.
0: No, um, but here's the yeah. thing. There's a couple things. I agree with you on that, except that the room is a totally different cigar from what I understand.
1: Yeah, and that's that's fine. But I, I want to see what he does there. With the, that CG tobacco, Yes, right? yes.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: I, I'm not going to be able to make a – and rarely ever can I make a comparison between a new release compared to an old release. Like, I don't – because you don't have that snapshot in time to be able to recall your thing unless you have a review that you've written up or notes that you've written up that you can kind of go back to. But even then – how you read it and what you remember from it is manipulated by time and you know things that went on yeah and if you have another one still in storage it's not the same cigar as it was back then so you're having an aged version yeah. versus a new one of a different different tobacco all that stuff so it just so i'm interested to see a room 101 via stg or wherever it's being manufactured but under the stg umbrella and see what it's like
0: yeah, I wasn't as upset about a seventy room one hundred and one coming out as much as I was. I don't like the wrapper they use. That, that they use that Elancho San Augustine. I just don't like. Yeah, I don't think cig- I've ever had
1: a good cigar that uses. Like I America. mean, I,
0: I I don't get it, right? And I'm yeah. like, so I'm like, now I'm at a point where I see that cigar and I don't know if I can even be objective reviewing it. Unfortunately, I, I just don't because not I try to be right, but I, I if I'm going into it negative, that's not a good sign. So yeah, I need one that's going to surprise me, I guess, and and say that. But um, but it seems like STG is I didn't ask Justin, we didn't ask Justin's question. It seems like they're going they've been put, putting out several 70 Ring Gauge cigars this year. And mm-hmm. I thought the 70 Ring Gauge cigars been very quiet just about everywhere else this year. Yeah. Um, in fact, I really haven't seen a major 70 release since Perdomo did a couple of years ago. So right. with, with the 70s. So, but they've expanded LaGloria to have it. And I want to say there's another brand that they put a 70 in. That Mm. I'm not, I'm not thinking of right now. So, so they, I, I, they, you know, and look, I, I gotta say, they, they may be targeting the catalog market with some of this stuff. So we got to think about that. um I do, like I said, I do know a couple of my former, one former customer. He's a, he smokes, you know, big ring gauges, and you know, so if they're affordable, he'll get it. So we'll see. I mean, I thought it was an interesting move on there right now. Um. Yeah, like I said, I, I haven't been overly excited with Room 101. I, I, I'm I curious again what they go into the trade show with this year. I don't know if this is a year you, because you, they came out with a lot of Room 101 stuff like last year. So I don't yeah. know if this is the year you start throwing stuff at the wall this year at PCA. Right. I think there's other areas Ford's can focus on, but maybe just, you know, bring the, the portfolio into the trade show, you know, under the STG umbrella for the officially this year. Right. So. Yeah. So, so yeah, that was um that was that one. So I'm kind of curious. So we're kind of getting to that one year point with room one oh one. Yeah. Uh so I was just, that's what kind of caught my attention with that. But those were just some of the items I had for this week, uh, in some just new stuff that we haven't talked about. Yeah, thanks. So um anything else, Aaron? I don't think so. I'm kind of glad we're uh we're actually <laughs> <laughs> a little less self change.
1: Yep, early um, show
0: Early show, uh, but yeah, we wanted to give Husto. Uh, uh, he wasn't feeling one hundred percent tonight, so uh, you know, we uh, he uh, but we, I appreciate him really coming on because I yep, did absolutely. tell him he can cancel, and he yep. didn't want to cancel, so uh, but we do appreciate that. Like I said, next week, uh, Steve Saka for two sixty nine. Um, I don't have to. Yeah, it's Saka, so uh, yep. I I don't think he's gonna yell at me over anything though this time. Okay, I don't think he's mad at me about anything, but we'll we'll see. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I, not that I'm aware of. He, maybe he's got. Maybe Abe has gotten to him, and he's gonna go at, go at you about Cracker Jacks. I don't know. We'll see.
0: <laughs> oh, I, this Saturday is gonna be like hell. I'm gonna be like tortured <laughs> for an hour and a half by Cracker Jacks. Uh, <laughs> but we will have Cracker Jacks at the media compound. I'm gonna absolutely, sure. yes. we'll have, oh, absolutely. Abe's like, well, how are you gonna get them? I said they're available everywhere. Abe, you just yeah, you, yeah. Walk, you walk past them all the time. That's why you exactly. can't find them. Exactly. Like, so oh so you know you know all right before we end up this one so my one of my sons had never had cracker jacks before wow and i bought i bought a bag and um he never had them. like he just let me try them, right and he says these are pretty good he's like I go, yeah they're pretty good so you know go fit. i mean but i think there's a point it's not not as big anymore but it was interesting to see my son try it and really like it so
1: look people have had caramel popcorn it's it's available all the time in you know any of those popcorn tins that you get yeah. right. Yeah, it's 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 just caramel popcorn with peanuts in it. Like all, I, I don't understand like people's objective like dis- dismay over Cracker Jack. Like people that don't like Cracker Jack is ridiculous. It's, it, it, it rid-
0: it's ridiculous? And and an American and look it look and I am gonna say yo, know, Eric does a tournament. He got since you. I you remember what happened with the tournament? Eric put it in there. Abe drew a fit, right? Yeah. So Eric bowed down and did this play in, right? Right. And Crackerjack got voted in by people. Of course it did. Of course so, it did. Of course it did. So I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's like it just, you just gotta give up the ship at this point. But, uh, yep. but yeah. So I'm sure there'll be stuff on KMA about that this weekend. Yeah. Um, so tune in for that. And then we have a jukebox on Monday. We're doing Phil Collins' There's "No Jacket Required." Ah, uh, Dave and I. So uh, episode ninety-eight of that that will be on Monday. Nice. Um, oh, and Tuesday we're doing uh, smoking syndicate roundtable. We are going to be smoking uh the EP Carrillo Zodiac cigars. Oh. Um and the most Fred expensive
1: Rui. coupe show ever produced.
0: Well, <laughs> and Fred <laughs> Rui is going to be smoking along with us that night. There so.
1: you go. So uh, yeah,
0: so yeah, that was that's gonna be a very interesting. one. We're all gonna be smoking a different cigar that night, so it's gonna be a little different. So right, right, right. stay tuned on that. Um, oh, and then I have a in case anyone's interested, Osaka. Uh, I have a Dunbarton review coming out tomorrow on the Meat Stick uh, Red Meat of club cigar. So nice, nice. Uh, I don't think he'll be mad at me about it, so I think it will be okay. <laughs> I, well, I'm not gonna say it was a ninety five either, but right, <laughs> all right. Anyway, that's going to do it for this week. Thanks to our audience. Thanks, Husto, again for uh, – again, appreciate you joining. I know he was uh, not feeling 100% tonight. Uh, that's going to wrap up Primetime Episode 268 into the annals of history for this Thursday, May eighteenth, 2023. We'll see everybody next time. Take care, everybody. See you guys.